Everybody loves a good villain, but what makes a villain good? We have some thoughts on this on episode 405 of Stolen Droids Podcast. This is Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Marley. I'm Zoner. And I'm last. <laughs> hey guys, good to be with you again. Uh, we're we're missing Colin today, but we're glad to have Zoner back on the show. Um, it's you know it's the way it goes. I'm glad we've got a big panel. Everybody's got personal stuff that comes up every now and then, and we're going to miss Colin tonight. He's not dead. I'm yes, fucking stolen droids tradition. Colin is not dead. You're doing still what alive. to the tradition? Bucking. Bucking oh, with a B. Got with it. a B. Okay. Yeah. I heard I heard a B. Yeah, you're good. You're good. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't know. It's a new microphone. I hope it came out as a B. I heard a bleep coming up is what I've heard. <laughs> oh boy. I keep touching my nose. I anyway. All right. So tonight. <laughs> Zach, you you are typically a very stunning handsome young man but today mm. there's just something about you today looking just amazing say it say it say, what do i look like 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 a beautiful unicorn with rainbow hair it's awesome you mean that i, I do mean that i love unicorns and you look amazing <laughs> thank you <sighs> it's oh. good times so oh. yeah listeners we've got uh zach the unicorn back with us again i'm very happy to be here <laughs> I missed you. Oh, <laughs> Glad to have you back. <laughs> I missed you too so much. <laughs> you know, it, and it's funny, Zach, it's been a while since we've recorded together because last week I wasn't able to make it. The week before that, That's you weren't right. able to make it. It's been That's a couple right. weeks. Yeah. Oh, man, I've missed my Zach time. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> man, this so, tracker works pretty good. Yeah, it does. It, it works really well. It's pretty yeah. amazing. All right. So today we're talking about villains. Yes. And, <laughs> I'm so, I'm all over, I'm all over this. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting time to talk about villains because I feel like there's been a new focus on villains, especially in uh, a lot of the pop culture media. So we had the Joker movie last year. Uh, Maleficent just had a sequel last year. There's a lot of focus on telling the backstories and the history of the villains that we love and learning more about them. And it kind of begs the question, what draws us to these villains? What makes a good villain? Why do we sometimes find ourselves rooting for the bad guy? I think we all want to be the bad guy to some extent. You know, some I've people always are... wanted to murder 101 puppies. Who hasn't? <laughs> Well, me, but <laughs> many people. What do you, what do but, you mean? Who hasn't? I don't think that's a common thing. I really don't. But sure. you're, the, you're the man who's driving across state lines to get his dog laid. You're trying to create more puppies. You're doing oh. the exact opposite of what I said. How how am I going <laughs> to murder them if I don't have them? Think about it. Don't don't like where this is going. <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah, so. But Zoner's no, always wanted to be a bad guy. No, I apparently. think that in in all honesty, though, I think that a lot of times people have, you know, they like what they're not. They're attracted to what they're not. And yeah. the bad guy, I mean, 
Darth Vader's awesome. I always wanted to be Darth Vader. To this day, I still want to be Darth Vader. But I'd rather be Batman. But Batman's not mm-hmm. exactly your squeaky clean superhero either. But, but Batman's loaded. Batman makes yeah. way more money than Darth Vader in a fiscal year. <laughs> That's got to be true. That's got to be true. That probably is correct there. I, yeah. I'm not I'm not going to argue that. But I I think that we it's that fantasy aspect. You know, why do women like trashy romance novels? And yes, that was a generalization. Marley's mm-hmm. given me the look. But, you know, what why do you think I don't like them? Why do guys <laughs> like look at me? And, and again, <laughs> another generalization. Why do guys like action movies? You know, bad action movies with a lot of stuff blowing up. It's because it's a fantasy. It's something that we're not. It's something that we can escape to. Okay. Well, and I think so, too, that like more and more with um, with villains and especially like making these backstories you're you're making this character real and believable mm-hmm. and it's giving them a little bit more credit and you start to like find them likable and also you you might find them like attractive too and maybe not like a physical like sexual attraction necessarily no, no. but you Ursula's but got you're, it going on <laughs> absolutely you're, you're drawn absolutely. to them you want like kind of going back to what Zonern was saying Is like it- you're you're you want to be them like you're drawn to them and and everything so it's kind of yeah is it specifically darth vader's helmet that attracts you to him then (laughs) is it the shape of his helmet (laughs) are you asking me or zoner (laughs) i I, i'm just putting it out there i know where you're going everything it's the whole package baby (laughs) (laughs) sorry just decided to hijack (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we're glad to have Skeletor here since Happy we're talking to be about here. villains. Mm, I mean, Skeletor, yeah. you're an expert on villains yourself. Stop right? it. Jacob, stop it. <laughs> you're making me blush. I don't and, have blood. I can't blush. That's, well, yeah, that's true. It's hard to, and? when you're just a skull, it's hard to blush, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, ah, my, but ah, you, ah, sorry, my face is, <laughs> mm, that's better. <laughs> In your opinion, Skeletor, what makes a good villain? What makes you stand out compared to other villains? Uh, have you seen these abs? Darth Vader got nothing on this. That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, point. he might have abs. We just can't see because he's wearing no, a big coat. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think so. I think they got burned off in the lava. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because he didn't have the high ground. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. <laughs> You've always got to have the high ground. That's what I've been telling people for freaking years. I'm making sure I don't swear for the kitties. We appreciate that. We appreciate or that. Or the Thank adulties. You. I know some of you adulties don't appreciate the more well, vulgar It's true. Vocabulary? Yeah, that's a good word. <laughs> yeah, if you start if you start throwing the words out there, Skeletor, I'm sure I'll start blushing for sure. Speaking oh. of blushing, so well, not not like that. Not like All that. Right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so it, it's, it does beg the question because some villains. So let's take Marvel Cinematic Universe, for example. A lot of people, a lot of people talk about the weakness of the villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's something they were critiqued for for a long time because other than one or two, we really felt like they didn't have a good villain. So what makes their villains 
weak compared to other villains or what made Loki, for example, is one that everybody talks about a better villain. Stop it. He's a villain. Don't okay. shake your head no, like no, that. No, no, no. I thought totally you were villain. gonna call Loki weak. No, and no, I was about was to like villain. jump all over that and tell you you were wrong. He was he was the example that everybody used and said we need more villains like Loki in the MCU and fewer villains like what we like any of Iron Man's villains, let's be honest. Except for the Mandarin who was awesome, right, Zoner? Oh, the Mandarin was fantastic at making people want to commit suicide. The but, Mandarin. <laughs> But why did we like Loki, but we didn't like the other villains in the MCU? What made well, the difference there? To, to, to address this, we need to look at the other villains that we also really like in the MCU. We have okay. Thanos. Mm-hmm. Eric Killamonger. Okay. <laughs> that... that... <laughs> Wow, a Thanos see, pennant. Marley gets it. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Marley that is, awesome. is a Thanos fan, apparently. Well, nope, oh, and, isn't. well and, oh, and a Loki. But like, well, so yeah, my that's my friend <laughs> my friend found this um, little pennant banner at a little comic book store in California and bought it for me. And I freaking love it. And it says Thanos on it. So yay! <laughs> So I, I think those are the big three, really. There's Thanos, Eric Killmonger, and uh, Loki as the villains what, in the MCU. What do all three of them have in common? None of they're them abs. think they're the bad guy. They all have abs. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Yeah, baby. But really, we only see see Killmongers. I don't know that we see Loki's abs. Okay, pretty... you know Loki's got abs. You seen the oh, screen sure test. You saw the screen <laughs> test where Tom Hiddleston tried to be Thor. We've I mean, all I've seen, seen them. I've seen into Tom the Hiddleston. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston. I've seen him in some other things. So yeah, he's definitely got abs. <laughs> and then Thanos. Of course, he has abs. Look at that big purple daddy. Hmm. <laughs> purple daddy. <laughs> you heard me, Miley. My words were chosen very carefully. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So No, I, I I really think it's what Zoner said. It's those guys didn't think they were the villains. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Loki kind of was in such a way. I mean, because he did basically want to come to Earth because he knew that he could like he's he's a god. So he's like mortals, these these stupid Midgardians, you know, like I can totally mm-hmm. take these guys down because I can. But you he know, didn't but see himself as the villain, he just saw himself as superior. Yes. 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 I guess that is true. Yeah. So, I mean, he. But I think that's the way I think that's I think that's an ingredient. But there's lots of villains who don't think they're the bad guy. I would. I mean, every every single Disney villain, Judge Frollo definitely didn't think he was the bad guy. But and he totally was. And he totally was. Yeah. If you if you want to burn down a city and sexually assault someone, you're a bad guy. That's a fair point. Mm -hmm. That that really is a good point. Yeah. But. But you're right, Zach. I mean, you look at it, um, there's a lot of villains that don't think they're the bad guy, but they, they're not necessarily strong villains. So I think if that's one ingredient in our soup, what would be another ingredient? Especially looking at those three, I think there's more to it. I think there's a little bit more in depth. Um, I mean, number one, Killmonger for me is a great example because I really felt like partway through that movie, he was kind of right. The Wakanda was kind of sucked. Right, yeah. That's the thing is, is villains, villains are, I think good villains are typically right. It's just, they lack empathy. Mm. 
right? So if if Killmonger would have had, I mean, he was right. Wakanda should have been helping, and there's a lot of injustice they could have solved. He just went about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. one of my favorite villains in all of comic books is Sinestro. Omega Red. I was way off. <laughs> Sinestro? Sinestro. Because huh. of the very fact that the guy thinks he's a good guy. Starting mm-hmm. from the beginning, he's with the Green Lantern Corps, and he goes about trying to enforce order in the only way he knows how, which is by instilling fear in people. And right. eventually, you know, he gets to the point where, oh, wait, I'm a supervillain. Hey, this this bad stuff, but it's so much fun. Um, but he's one of my favorites because of the fact that the entire time he's destroying planets and killing thousands and thousands of people, kind of like Thanos, you know, he's doing it for the greater good. It's mm-hmm. it's because he is the good guy and everybody else is too stupid to see that. And I think that that right there, plus you throw in a titch of crazy, kind of like with Killmonger, you know, dude, he was he was crazy like a fox, but he was still crazy to kind of go about things the way that he did. Same with Thanos. They've all got that element of insanity to them, Mm -hmm. however subtle it may be. But their their foundation is. I am the good guy. I am the one who is doing what others are too weak to do or too fearful to do or whatever the case may be. And so it falls to me and that's how it's going to be. So we have, sorry, Jake. No, go ahead, Zach. I was going to run it down, but it sounds like you're going there. You run it down. You run it down. You You do it. You do it. You recipe me, baby. All right. So, (laughs) so far we've got, they think they're the good guy. Right. Um, the second one, they've got they've got a purpose. They've got a reason that you can identify with motivation, a motivation that that makes sense. Um, I think for me, another thing that that draws me when I think of some of these great villains, something happened to them where you can identify with why they chose to be a villain, mm-hmm. why they decided yep. to go down that that dark path. I mean, OK. Usually a trauma or something that happens yeah. to them in their early on in life. Anakin, despite what you you might think about the prequels in his story, it's a tragic story, right? He loses a lot. And at the, the prospect of losing Padme, he is willing to do whatever he can to get her to save, to, to, to save her and protect her. Like he couldn't save and protect his mother. And so he's willing to go down the dark side. That's how Palpatine gets him to come to the dark side is by promising him, I can teach you ways to save Padme, even from death, Um, which of course ends up being a falsehood. And, you know, he ends up killing her, but the same thing with, with Killmonger, you know, he grew up on the streets. It was rough. He saw his dad murdered by the Wakandans. Right. And it, it made him, it changed him. And you can identify with that, I think, in a way, and you can understand his reasoning for why he would want to come back uh, and kill the Wakandans. It makes perfect sense. Especially if you have that dash of crazy in you. Sure. There's another, there's another aspect and it is, it is a little vain, but I think this is an important aspect. Some villains just look really cool. (laughs) 
That's true too. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. Like some villains have these incredibly iconic looks. Like I'd say Darth Vader. Yes. More people would recognize Darth Vader than Luke Skywalker. Yeah. If you just, probably. If you just like if you just put them side. I'm not saying by a large margin, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm saying that I mean look at Boba Fett. Yeah. The guy the guy's around because he had an awesome design. Yeah. Because obviously yeah. what originally happened to him in the movies didn't do much for his character. Yeah. Well, and, and it's almost like because he looked so awesome, fans have said, no, there's he's got to be cooler than what we saw in the movies. Like he had to have survived <laughs> the start because he just looks too cool yeah. to right. just be gone that quick. Yeah. You can't go out like a punk when you look that good. Yeah. He just can't, and he didn't. Apparently. Well, <laughs> well, and it's interesting too, like speaking of looks, like even just um, like their physical features and stuff, like if a villain is an attractive person, then like it, it kind of makes you sort of like, I guess, like question things a little bit more in such a way that you're like, well, this like, am I attracted a- to octopus people? <laughs> no, no, no. More like, well, this person's attractive, <laughs> so I should, like, because society, like, tells us that, like, attractive people are smart and we should follow them and all this stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, that they should be, you know, the head people or whatever. And so sometimes That's why Jake's in charge. <laughs> so that's clearly, why, clearly that's why, that's why it's, it's kind of deceiving too, you know? I mean, like, I'm going to kind of throw in as a real life example. Like, that's why, um, like the serial killer, Ted Bundy, that's why a lot of people had a hard time identifying that he was this awful, awful human being is because he was attractive. He was charming. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh no, he could do There's something wrong. sweet. And you know what I mean, hard. though? So, like, it's it can be well, deceiving. It's, a, it's the same reason why everybody fell in love with his documentary series on Netflix, because, well, he he was really a good-looking guy, and he was... And that's bizarre to me, because he also was very clearly psycho. Yeah. Well, that, and but, it was so bad that Netflix had to come out and remind people, no, wait, he wasn't a good dude. He killed a lot of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. on purpose. Yes. Yeah. So, so looks, looks can be deceiving, I think for sure. And that's, you know, I, I think that does actually make a good villain too, because it makes you like, you know, like kind of think twice about, about things too. But, and also of course, like in the MCU and stuff, I mean, of course they're going to choose actors that are attractive. Cause everybody in the MCU is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And I'm not uh, complaining. Just like real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like real life. I'm just looking all at all three of you and I'm like, <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm not complaining it's just i don't know it's just kind of an interesting to think about too thing to think about too well and i think with the with the looks comes a lot of charisma as well i oh, think yeah. a lot of the mm-hmm. villains that win us over are very you know very well spoken very charismatic very convincing i mean thanos when he explains his purpose and his reasons for what he's doing you're like Okay, Uh-oh. I'm on board with this. Let's kill half the people in the world. <laughs> that's no problem. Um, in the Welcome universe, to 2020, baby. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but he wins you over because of that charisma. And I think that when it doesn't work, when they get the wrong actor or the person doesn't have that look or that charisma, you're kind of just like, 
why would anyone fall for this? Like mm -hmm. another, an example for me would be Palpatine. He wins over Anakin. And I'm like, dude, why would you listen to him over like Samuel L. Jackson and Ewan McGregor? Look at him. He's not. <laughs> He's a cool. wrinkly, wrinkly, yucky old man. <laughs> But to be Ian fair, McDermott be is a lovely individual. How dare you? <laughs> I, I'm sure he's a lovely individual. I've never, I don't know. To be fair, though, Palpatine didn't always look like the Emperor when Anakin Dude, was hanging around. He didn't him. look good at any point. He you looked know, like a wrinkly old man the whole time. He was an old man, but still, I mean, he's no Sam Jackson. Let's, I mean. <laughs> I mean, that to probably fair, the same milk age, shaped head. As... Yeah, I know. They're probably close. <laughs> but, you know, you think about it. He's kind of got that grandfatherly uh, uh, demeanor about him, especially when it comes to Anakin, who meets him at 10 years old. He's yeah. like, yeah, we're just going to take good care of you, my boy. And and then before you know it, he's striking down a bunch of little kids. So yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, that that was a hard left turn in the prequels. It really yeah, it was. was. It really was. So save. I want to save Padme, so I'm going to go kill all the kids. Makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Checks out. A, like A it, equals B, B equals C. Yeah, no problem. So no problem. if we so a good villain is relatable. We think there's a a good design. What I'm trying to think of now is, and then Zoner Zoner brought up the whole fantasy aspect of it. I think there's there is part of this like I wish I could get away with that. It's the same mm -hmm. reason I love heist movies. Mhm. Mm like I wish I could get away with that. Or um Hades Look. from Hercules, the way he talks to people. Sometimes you're like, "Oh, yeah. I wish I could get away with that." Well, and I interesting when you think about heist movies like look at Ocean's 11, which is a very I, I love Ocean's Eleven, and that's so a good. lovable, lovable crew. But really, when you think about it, George Clooney and Brad Pitt, they're kind of the villains. They're the ones that are planning on how to rob the casino, right? I mean, robbery's bad. Yes. yes. Not when it's like that. <laughs> freaking awesome. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think we can see when you go outside the box of like, okay, here's your protagonist. Here's your antagonist hero villain but you look at a story like a heist movie where the protagonists in the movie are really they're committing a crime that would m normally make them a villain but you're rooting for them and they're the good guys i mean they're less bad guys than the big bad guy that they're robbing from at the casino right right but they could still be villains because they're they're living outside the law in some ways but but going back to the attractiveness level well, yeah, there's no doubt. That's a winner right there. I mean, that's I wish. Brad Pitt's best looking work. I'm just saying Brad Pitt is rusty. Whew. Yeah, he's great in that. I mean, fantastic in those movies. And George Clooney just doesn't ever look bad. So except in a bat suit. Tried. I think he's yeah. tried. Well, and, and had nipples. Oh, stop. Oh, no nipples. We're not talking about the bat suit anymore. We're done. <laughs> Well, and that, Jake, what you were saying, too, that kind of reminds me of um, The Punisher. Did someone say nipples? Oh, boy. Skeletor's back. <laughs> We've moved on from nipples, Skeletor. Now you we're... say nipples three times, it summons me like Beetlejuice. <laughs> is it, but is it, is it the lack of nipples that, that brings you here? Because, like, I'm looking at you. You're smooth all the way down, man. It's a blessing and a curse. 
So Marley, you were making a really good point. Let's go with that. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> um, so what you were saying before, you know, it, it that reminds me of um, The Punisher. I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, oh, yes, Two ma'am. seasons on Netflix. Um, one of my most favorite um, TV shows. And like it again, it's kind of like that fantasy thing where like there's no way that you could get away with doing what the Punisher did. Like he was totally acting on vengeance, you know, like for getting back about his family and, you know, he was finding his own path of justice. And like in real life, no one could actually do that. You know, mm-hmm. like you would get caught, you would get tried and convicted properly, and you know, like punished. And, pu- <laughs> and punished. But Good you know, night, and, but at the same time, like <laughs> those kinds of shows and that character, it makes you like sympathetic with him. Cause you're like, well, oh my gosh, his whole family like died right before his eyes. So yeah, of course he's totally justified in, you know, going around and killing many, many people brutally and, you know, violently and stuff. So it's just like, it's just kind of interesting how um, these stories can kind of like, you know, make us think about things too. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and it, again, it kind of goes to like that fantasy where you want to kind of put yourself in their shoes a little mm-hmm. bit. And so maybe that, we're, go ahead. Interesting that you, you brought up Punisher. Cause if you think about Baron Zemo, uh, mm-hmm. in the MCU, same thing mm-hmm. happened, right? His family got killed in Sokovia and so he wants to take vengeance on those he sees as responsible, which happened to be the Avengers. So what's the difference between and even Zemo's methods were significantly less violent than uh, than the Punisher's mm-hmm. because yeah. the Punisher was rated like soft R. Yeah. So he could get away with it. So what's the di- what's the difference? Why is the Punisher a hero and Zemo the villain? if only because the story says that's the case, or is it because of who they are exacting vengeance upon? Yeah. And I think that's an interesting point um, to, to bring to the panel. Like, is it because really it's true, very similar backstories, very similar actions. Why is one a villain and one a hero? I think Zach just hit the nail on the head when he said it's who they're exacting their vengeance upon. You know, the Punisher, he's going after mob guys. He's going, he's going after bad dudes. Zemo's mm. going after the Avengers. I mean, <laughs> so, so it's the true lies argument where Arnold Schwarzenegger, when his wife asks, did you ever kill anybody? And he says, yeah, but they were all bad. Like <laughs> it's fine if they're all bad. And you're going on a killing spree. But if they're good guys like the Avengers, and you could say good guys like the Avengers, because Sokovia, they may not look at the Avengers as very good guys. True. When their whole city was destroyed. So even Tony doesn't look at the Avengers as good guys at one point. Yeah. Well, and I did want to talk about that. But before before we do, uh, uh, did you guys ever see that movie, A Time to Kill or read the book? The John Grisham novel. The John Grisham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are books? No. <laughs> is that is that the one where there's like a young, unexperienced lawyer who goes up against a big law firm and then they end up winning a lot of money or something? Something similar to that, yeah. Because isn't no. that every John Grisham novel? I think so. Uh, but I've never read one. 
but oh, that's my yeah. understanding. I watch the movies. Uh, but no, A Time to Kill is really good because there's this little black girl in the South who gets, you know, attacked by two white guys, two white rednecks. The, her dad goes out and exacts his own vengeance because the law's not going to do it for him. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you know, the dad did horrible stuff, but it was exactly who he exacted the vengeance upon that made it, you know, quote unquote, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I think, I think a lot of it is, is really the motivations, the motives who you're going after. You know, if I were to go and, and, you know, attack somebody who did something to, you know, one of my kids or, you know, I go and attack some just random dude for the heck of it. A jury is going to look a lot more favorably upon me. If it's me attacking somebody who did something to my kids than they are. If I just go and like beat up some dude at a seven 11. So. I think that's, I think it brings up an interesting point in, in the nineties, as I was reading comic books, the Punisher was starting to get really big um and you started to get more of the anti-hero starting to make its his or her appearance in comic books and i think that really this conversation kind of lean brings us into that territory of the difference between a villain and an anti-hero they're doing kind of the same thing in a lot of ways but you root for one because they're going against the bad guys and you don't root for the other because they're going against the good guys. And I think it's just where they're positioned in the story, but Punisher's actions, if it was a villain doing those things, they would be awful and atrocious and horrible, but because you're rooting for this guy and you've got a vested interest in him, he becomes an anti-hero or a hero even. Well, and because he, he has good intentions, he just may be going well, about it the wrong way. <laughs> well, a lot of but that's exactly that what we Hitler just said too. about the villains. I know. We just ah. said that about the villains. That's what we said about Thanos. He had good intentions. He's just going about it the wrong way. The road to hell is Eric paved Killmonger. with good intentions. It's true. I mean, yeah. and that's That was makes... one of our key ingredients for a villain is that they, they had good intentions. They were just going about it the wrong way. But it's the same thing with anti-heroes. It's the same thing. Because, yeah, again, I, and I think it just, I, I think it goes back to motivation, too, and just how you're going to handle that motivation, like what actions you're going to take to, you know, take care of things. If you're, I know, it, it it does, like, make you question a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, like, moral and ethical things Man, this is like, this is a deep conversation if you like really think about it. <laughs> well, let's throw a wrench into this. I'm thing. so glad I'm a unicorn for this. <laughs> I know, it, it really. <laughs> well, let's, let's add another dimension then, because uh, you hinted at Tony Stark thinking the Avengers were bad guys. Uh, I was actually thinking that I need to reread Civil War from 2006. I think if you haven't read it, it's a seven part, seven, eight part series freaking amazing but it you know it basically pits two good guys against each other and a whole bunch of good guys against each other and who's who's the bad guy here you know it's all on perspective nope it's tony stark well i agree with you 100 percent. yeah team cap (laughs) team cap (laughs) 
but and you know why of- I'm team cap? Do you know why I'm team cap? Chris Evans. Ah, about those abs, about those abs. <laughs> I am. It it has been fun to have Skeletor pop in with his yeah. comments. <laughs> abs and nipples. Uh, so, but you think um, about Civil War. You know, Tony wanted or. You know, Tony, Iron Man, whoever you want to, however you want to refer to him, he wanted the superhero registration. Captain America looked at it and said, no, this is about freedom. We shouldn't have to uh, be accountable and on a leash, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And not that it wasn't, you know, accountability, but it was, you know, we shouldn't be tied down like this. We're putting ourselves at risk by doing this. And it's all at that point about perspective. Well, do you believe in in the government control? Do you believe in the not government control? It's a very interesting. Uh, I believe in love after love, but I can feel something inside me saying that you really don't think you're strong enough. I don't know that we can afford to say much more than that. <laughs> So let's imagine we have ourselves a villain cake, all right? Okay. We, we got villain our ingredients. Cake. So we've, if I'm remembering correctly, they need to have they need to have established motivation. Um, mm-hmm. they're just lacking the empathy, right? Mm-hmm. They need to um have a good design. Got to look mm-hmm. good, right? Mm-hmm. They got to look good. They have to, there has to be, I think there still needs to be some sort of redeeming quality to them. And maybe mm-hmm. that is just their design sometimes, like in the case of the Joker from Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else makes a good villain? I I think one thing, um, as I look back on the trend of anti-heroes and villains becoming more and more popular in pop culture. I think one of the things that really draws people to it is these characters are typically broken. Um, you look at uh, the argument between Batman and Superman, right? A lot of people really like Batman because he's much more identifiable. I don't understand that argument usually because I can't identify with a multi-billionaire who's, you know, got more money than anyone that's ever existed um, and has been able to do all the martial arts training and everything else and, and whatever. I could identify more with someone who grew up on a farm in rural America who, you know, was just a normal average kid. Uh, I mean, sure, he had superpowers, but you know what I mean? There's things that right. make Batman not identifiable, but Batman's more interesting, I think, to people because he's broken. And I, I think agree, that agree. a lot of the anti-heroes, a lot of the villains that we like, when we get to know their backstory and we see that they're broken somehow, I think for us, we like to root for people who are broken um, on some level, because I think we all can see ourselves in someone who is broken sometimes. Well, look at Harley Quinn and the popularity of that character, mm-hmm. you know, a very, very successful uh, doctor, a therapist, Falls in love with a crazy dude, goes off the deep end. I mean, yeah, I, we we all know somebody who that's happened to. Maybe not to that extent where they jump in 
a vat of acid mm-hmm. and, you know, go about the life of crime. But we we can relate to that. We can relate to, you know, maybe it's our sister or or a cousin or something who got in with a bad dude. And and mm-hmm. and we can see that those parallels in our own lives. So I think you're you're right on the money there, Jake, that that we can relate to the brokenness. Well, and I think along with that, even though like we know the story, we know how it's going to end. We know that for most of the time, the hero is going to come out on top. And like, we know that's kind of how the narrative is going to go, but there's still like that part of us that wants to see this villain or anti-hero be good and change. Like we, we, we're rooting for them, you know, like mm-hmm. what Jake was saying, like we want them, you know, to like be better. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you start to see some of those redeeming qualities. Like, like for example, with Loki, you, you like in Thor Ragnarok, you start to see him a little bit more. Um, he's nice, somewhat <laughs> nice to his brother. He helps him like, yeah, he's still a little deceiving and, and stuff because that's in his nature. But like, at the same time, like you just start to see like these different qualities that are not villainous. And so you're like, yes, be better, be good. Even though you know, how, you already know how the story is going to end, you know? So I think that plays a huge part in it as well. Yeah. So yeah. what are, going to the antithesis of this, what are some of the bad villains you remember in recent history and what made them bad? So like, I'm looking at Zoner's desk or uh, shelves back there, seeing some BVS action figures. I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of of uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are actually Trinity War figures. So okay, well. Jake, could you could you please boot Zoner from the call? Thank you. Yep, done, <laughs> done, booted. But no, uh, I, Jesse Eisenberg was terrible. I I hated him as Lex Luthor. But why? Okay. But more than just like he wasn't the Lex you wanted. What made him a not very good villain? He he was not likable, for one. Uh, I don't like Hans me. Gruber, but he's a great villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, mm-hmm. I don't know. He just he didn't really seem to have much of a purpose. And, that, and that's, maybe that's, maybe it's just that's because it was problem. a bad movie. That's the problem. So purpose. I. And I think that it's important to say I did I don't hate Jesse Eisenberg and I don't even hate him as Lex Luthor. I didn't like the role that he played in the Batman versus Superman yeah. movie. Um because we didn't really get to know anything about him. No. Like what what point was he played no point or had no purpose in the film. We didn't really get to know him at all or what his motivations were, why he's so anti Superman. Like we didn't have enough development of his character in the film. And when right. you don't have that development then you're left with soggy toast. Ew. <laughs> yeah, see, gross, right? Nobody wants that. Well, let's look or, at another. Or pee in a jar. As sure. Just as bad. Just as bad. Let's look at another villain. We've got the Joker. Which We've one? got. Yeah, which one? Exactly. Jared, exactly. Jared Leto is probably the most hated. Jared Leto makes me want to take a spoon and take my eyes out. I mean, ah. I. I okay, so again, we have to be careful, and I'm sorry to be picky about this. We don't like Jared Leto's Joker character. True, true. yes. Because I yes. don't, because there's a lot of hate on the internet toward, 
you know, oh, Jar Jar, the guy who played Jar Jar. No, it's not. You don't like his character. You don't. You know what I mean? Ex- exactly. I sure yeah, I got nothing right. against Jared Leto, although I understand okay. he was like really weird and not a very good well. dude during that. But, you know, whatever. I don't care about that. His Joker, though. Everything about it makes me angry. But why? Just, just because it's. It's wrong. I mean, he's. But why? He's, He's got the manic personality. <laughs> He's got a lot of the the stuff that you see in in a lot of the movies. And the Joker, I love the Joker. The Joker is just chaos. I don't need to know his backstory. I don't need to know his motivation. And in that sense, you would think that Leto's Joker would be good. So why wasn't but it? But just his portrayal did not sit well with so many fans. But then you look at somebody like Joaquin Phoenix and nobody was asking for a Joker backstory. I know I wasn't, Mm. but his character, uh, his, his portrayal of the character and Heath Ledger, same thing. Their portrayals of the character were, they felt real. You know, they felt, um, I don't know. You could connect with them. Whereas Jared Leto's Joker, he was just there being, and you know, a lot of that could have just been the fact that suicide squad had a lot of issues with it. He was just one of those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you're I, dancing, I don't you're know. dancing around it, Zoner. You're dancing I, around. I got, I, that's, that's the best I can do. Zach. I know, but it, no, you're, you're, you're saying exactly what you're saying without really saying it. Yeah. You feel me? He, he was, I mean, <laughs> watch your mouth. That's, that's all I can say. See, now I'm going to blush. Here comes the blush. That's all I can say. Everything about no, it was it's just. An, it's an it factor. There's, I think there's this undefinable quality that good villains have that we just mm-hmm. love about them. They just have it. I think you are right on the money right So, there. And I think part of the it is. And I know that it's hard to put the it factor in words, but even if Heath Ledger was a great Joker, right? Correct. Even if we didn't understand the motivations and the reasons why Joker did what he did in the Dark Knight, because we weren't supposed to, because it wasn't in the story, Heath Ledger took the time to understand that, and it came out in the acting that he did, and it came out in the role that he played. Exactly. An example for me would be. Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens. I did not like Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens at all. I didn't. I thought this kid is a whiny, emo, Darth Vader wannabe. That's what I got out of The Force Awakens. And there was nothing menacing about him. There was nothing relatable about him. Like, I'm sorry that your parents loved you and wanted you to be a Jedi. (laughs) And that made you want to kill your dad. Like, I, I had a hard time with Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren after the last Jedi, all of a sudden we saw a little bit more of his motivation, a little bit more of his backstory. And we saw him grow as a character and we got more of who he was and his motivation for why he did what he did. And I loved Kylo Ren in the last Jedi and I loved him in, in rise of Skywalker. So I think it's when we, when the actor doesn't know the purpose, when we don't know the purpose, it, it comes out as just missing that, that it factor. But when we get that piece or at least it can be portrayed somehow, like with Heath Ledger's Joker. I think that goes a long way. I totally agreed yep. to all of that. 
Yeah, I think you're right on the money there, Zach, with the it factor. Because there is that undefinable aspect of many of these characters that (laughs) you just can't pinpoint. Oh, I can pinpoint, baby. Oh, no. Speaking of the it factor, Skeletor wants to weigh in on the it factor. Oh, um, nope. Just nope. Nope, Figured we're coming to the end. I wanted to say goodbye <laughs> to everyone. That's all. So here's a question for you all. Is mm. and I'm thinking about this as we're talking about it, is a good villain necessary for a good story? Yes. Well, yes. I, I don't know. I think so because <laughs> they they make the um the hero like they make the hero look good. You know, because, I mean, we could have a whole nother conversation about heroes and what makes a good hero and all that. And abs. I think... Abs. <laughs> besides abs, I think the opposition, you know, mm-hmm. helps them. So, I mean, I think that we need we need the, the opposition there. We need the good and the bad and be able to, like, see, um, you know, the good versus evil. At least I think so. You know, you mentioned that opposition... With Batman, he's got one of the best rogues galleries. Flash has some of the best rogues galleries in comic books. Uh, I think there's a better group of villains, but whatever, it's fine. Cool. No, <laughs> whatever. I mean, I don't know if they've made millions of dollars. Oh, wait. Well, actually. Well, 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 yeah. probably. Probably. Mm, but. Cast you, DC! But, the comic is it, company, not, is it, not the District of Columbia. Curse both. Isn't the Masters of the Universe comic done by DC now? Isn't the Masters of the Universe comic done by Shut Up right now? (laughs) You got it. it. But if if Batman and the Flash didn't have those those supervillains to go up against issue after issue after issue or movie after movie or TV show after TV show they'd just be like getting generic bank robber number two every week. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of sucks. That gets boring. So you do need to have that good villain in order to have the good hero. I think Batman, I don't think would be the guy that he is without the Joker. Alive. That is true. That's true. That is mm. true. Yeah. But you know, well, with- they they then, kind of make each other. They kind of feed off each other. Because a yeah. villain would suck if they didn't have a good hero to go up against, too. A villain well, they, would what? You heard me. Yeah, uh, I did. Well, and oh, they, they challenge each other. <laughs> they do. You know? They, they yeah, it's like what you, they feed off of each other. I, I think it's, you need, you need both. My current therapist challenges me quite a bit. And I've seen a lot of emotional growth. Go ahead. Ask me an emotional question. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even know where to start on Come an emotional on, question. Ask me, tell you. ask me an emotional question. I'm prepared. <laughs> so let me throw a story out there <laughs> that I feel like doesn't necessarily hey, have. Hey, 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 listen, I'm moderating. Just just calm down. All right. Uh-huh. I don't have an emotional question for Skeletor. I don't Wait. I don't know. Big, how, big how are you doing today? Now, how, how are you? How does that make you feel when someone does something like that? Skeletor shuts Take you down it. like that. Uh, There's an emotional question. Oh, hey, that's pretty good. 
I <laughs> when he when when I uh, when I uh, when I uh, all right. <laughs> I'm bad. So at let this. me. I lied. Let me let me throw a story <laughs> out there where I feel like, according to what we've defined as a good villain, doesn't have a good villain, but it's a, it's still a good story. What about Lord of the Rings? What about <gasps> Frozen Two? Another great example, Frozen 2. I like Frozen 2 quite a bit. And there was sometimes, no villain. Sometimes the villain is not necessarily, not necessarily an embodiment of evil like myself, but sometimes mm-hmm. it is the struggle of the journey. I mean, look at you, poor simple mortals. You don't have an arch nemesis you have to deal with week after week, but you have yeah. life. You have struggles. You have emotional <laughs> problems, and that's okay. Sometimes the greatest villain was inside you all along. What if we do Skeleton, have an arch nemesis Skeleton that we fight every week? Out. Nope, that was it. I'm leaving while I'm on top, baby. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> yeah, that was very insightful. <laughs> That that'll <laughs> yes, uh, that uh, that was very insightful of Skeletor, and I don't he know if there's any better moments. way to. Yeah, <laughs> I think that therapy is actually paying off for him because he really, really dug deep there. Uh, wow, but I I think that there's some truth to that. So we've had a good discussion about villains. Um, Listeners, we want to know what you think. What makes a good villain? What are some of your favorite villains? Uh, We've thrown some out there. We didn't put together a list necessarily of great villains, but we want to know what you think. Uh, You can send that feedback to some email address that Colin knows, but I can't ever remember. Feedback Feedback is stolen. stolen Stolen There it is. You can also also tweet at us at Stolen Droids. You can comment on our Facebook page, but we'd love to hear from you. What makes a great villain? Who are some of your favorite villains? We want to know. Other than that, you guys look great. It was great seeing you. Um, great being here again. Oh, yes. And we, we missed, missed you. Jake. Thank you. And we miss you, Colin. We're hoping to have you back next week. And everybody, thanks for listening. And as Zoner likes to say, be good to each other. Now I got no tagline. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.